Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, 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 Unstuckers. Thanks for joining us and coming back for episode 20, where we're talking about longevity and staying in it for the long haul. So for a long life, we know that we need to eat well, exercise, and find a way to recharge. This is actually going to be the same for your business. So we're going to talk about finding keys to get through the ebb and flow of business and staying in it for the long haul. Today, we're talking about how to give your business a long life. Una vita lunga. I just came back from a winter break and breaks are super valuable to having longevity in your business, I think, right? People who keep going nonstop do burn out. So welcome to the new year, Unstuckers. Uh, I hope you're rested, recharged, and ready for 2020. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum. That's probably a better sound. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just try all the sounds and... <laughs> Fix it and post. All right. So do you know what you want to do? Do you have an idea what you want to do? Are you already doing it? Either way, do you think you can stick with it? Stick with it for the long haul because the long haul is long and it's arduous and real talk business isn't always fun and games and setting your own schedule. There are bad times and... It's about getting through it because you see the greater purpose. You see why you're doing it. Most people start something new and they they get out quickly. They say in, in like the podcast world, for instance, we did the research and in making this podcast that most podcasts last an average of seven episodes and then they die out. So we we're trying to pass through what Seth Godin calls the dip, which is at seven where most people just drop out. And get to the other side where people keep doing it and get better at it and et cetera, et cetera. Josh, it sounds like you're saying that when you start a business, you're entering a long-term relationship where you're in it for the good, the bad, the ugly, maybe even marriage. This is beyond a long-term <laughs> relationship. You're saying you're getting married to your business. It's not what I was saying, but it is, I guess. <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> so you say I do. Yeah. And for better, for through. richer, for poor, for um, sickness, poor. health, <laughs> sickness, health of the of the business. I mean, you sound like we're yeah. No, you're in a marriage with your business, and I mean, you got you have to nurture it like any other relationship. Yeah. So if you're looking for a quick fling, um, you know, you're in, you're out. It's not going to work for your long term business, but a lot of people do that. And we're talking about getting through the long haul. Too much? <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I love going deep on metaphors that don't quite make sense. So, um, yeah, if you haven't, you should totally Google uh, Seth Godin, The Dip, because that's just an interesting and eloquent explanation of of getting through the point where everyone else gets, oh, man, this is such a grind and... I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I just had this client who just ruined my whole week. Um, And everyone bails at that point. And if you don't bail, 
you find that on the other end, uh, there's a lot less people, there's a lot less competition, um, a lot less people with your expertise because not everyone gets through the dip. And if you find that uh, at the dip, at the point where this grand new idea you have for a business is not is like sucking your soul. You can't do this anymore very quickly or may not happen very quickly. Like for podcasts, it's seven episodes, which is very quickly. Um, for other things, it might be a few years in that you realize this, but then you have to decide, like, are you going to push through? And because you do love this enough to push through or, you know, is it a fling? And are you, are you going to need to bail there's always the ability to adapt, change, and grow within your business, though. So don't feel like you have to be super stuck to one thing. For example, I started my business and I was dead set on just being a personal chef and not really seeing dietitian clients. So since then, the business, my business has changed, ebbed, flowed a million times over. So don't feel like you have to just do one thing and that's your business, end of story. You can ebb and flow and create something because you are the owner of your business and you're going to make your life the way you want it to be. Don't feel like you have to be stuck doing exactly what you're doing because that's how you started your business. Yeah. Be unstuck. <laughs> oh. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. But also like, you know, failure is going to happen. You're going to try some things that, that may not work out and that's fine, but you need to to look at failure like an opportunity to, like Chell just said, adapt, change, and grow. I heard recently that a great way to look at failure is uh, to say, instead of going, oh, it, oh I failed and, and run away from it and try to ignore it, like we a lot of us do in our culture, a, a way to reframe that so that you can change and grow and learn from your failure is to say, Oh, how interesting. That just changes absolutely everything about your failure, right? Instead of like, oh, that didn't work. I, I suck at this. I'm such a terrible person. I don't even know why I exist to being like, huh, that didn't work. How interesting. Why didn't that work? <laughs> you know, like, I just, love that. Just that, just saying, like, forcing yourself to say how interesting at the beginning of realizing your failure totally changes how you observe it observe it as a separate thing that is not tied to your self-worth and lets you uh, analyze it for, for learning. And that can be done with small things that don't work, like an email campaign that only gets like 10% opened. Hmm, how interesting. Why didn't, why weren't more of those opened? Was it a poor subject line, something along those lines, but then it can also be something as big as why isn't my product selling? Right. Mm -hmm. And that could maybe you have millions of dollars of product already. Not ideal, but why isn't it selling? And maybe just finding a re maybe it's not the product itself that's bad. Maybe it's just the way you're marketing it. So I like that taking a step back and having that reflective insight into a potential failure, but not really seeing it as a failure is just a new opportunity to expand, adapt and change. Oh, oh Right back to it. <laughs> so <laughs> on that failure model, allow me to be a geeky, nerdy baseball fan. I'll try and make it apply and be understandable to everyone, even if you're not a baseball fan. 
Um, so Chow, you can tell me if I'm just like way wrong <laughs> on being able to, anyway. So, um, on the subject of failure, um, you know, the people who try the most are the people with records, you know, they're the people we think of as overnight successes or the people that hold records in sports, et cetera, et cetera. So in baseball, cause I'm a fan of baseball, um, Cy Young is the most winningest pitcher in baseball history for a career. He got 511 wins, the most wins ever. How did he do that? He also started the most games ever, which means he's also the record holder. Nobody really talks about for the most losses ever in baseball. So he has the most wins, which we all, all us baseball fans look at like that. That's an amazing pitcher, best of all time. And he also has the most failures, the most losses. And that's just all about longevity, right? Um, yes, he has to be a good pitcher to amount that many wins and not just have all his starts be losses, but he was a good pitcher who stuck around for a very long time, not only stuck around in number of years played, but in innings pitched per game, which in baseball matters for whether you get the win or the loss. Um, so just like reframing it in that sense of like, don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid to fail because some of the biggest failures in our society are owned by some of the people who own the biggest wins in our society as well. So I think that relates back to what we've talked about in episode 11. If you guys have been listening to us for that long, thanks. If you haven't go back to episode 11 and starting with why and knowing your why. So I don't want to butcher this. Kai, Kai, Sai, Sai. C-Y. Sai. Sai Young. Okay. So Sai Young knew his why, right? He was there to strike people out. He was there because he knew he was an awesome pitcher and he knew his ability. So whether he was winning or had an awesome game or didn't have an awesome game, that was still his why. He was out there to play the game. Yeah, and he loved it. So, right? so even even if he went through a stretch of a few losses in a row, he didn't like stop like so many of us quit after a few failures in a row, a few setbacks. So whether you're just starting out or your business is large, always relate what you do back to your why. And that will help you through every ebb, every flow, every up, every down, um, years of prosperity, years when you're a little bit slower. And remember that your clients and your customers are really going to value you sticking to your why. Because as humans, we affiliate with having a sense of community and a sense of belonging. And that's what's going to set your company apart for the long term. So if you do want that longevity and that long life for your company, really relating back to your why is going to be key. Definitely. Um, and not only is that an episode that we did, but a book by Simon Sinek. So you should also pick up that book. But speaking of making the business itself outlive you as a business owner, you want to create a business that can survive and change itself without you surviving and changing itself eventually, right? So how does it survive and change if, if ownership changes, if you sell it, um, if if you have a manager eventually and, and employees come and go and managers change? Um, I've been recently watching the um, 
Disney Imagineer documentary on Disney Plus. Um, thanks, Verizon, for my free year of Disney Plus because I'm using Holla. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, side note, everyone should watch The Mandalorian if you're remotely into Star Wars. It's amazing. <laughs> Baby Yoda is by far the cutest Baby Yoda. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that, and then it happened. Anyway, we're sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> All right, so as long as we're sidetracked, let's take a quick ad break. The Unstuck Institute podcast is supported by Fiverr. Want to say more with less? Brand recognition is just a custom logo design away. Shop for a logo now on Fiverr by going to unstuck.institute slash Fiverr. That's unstuck.institute slash F-I-V-E-R-R. Double R's because it's 2020 and nothing is spelled right anymore. Okay, back to the show. Back to Disney Imagineers, there's a documentary series, I think it's six episodes long, and it's an interesting ebb and flow just the Disney Imagineers have had over the last, you know, 40, 50 years um, or more. And, and But one thing they're, they're constantly doing is they are, their work is never complete. It's never, all right, that's done. You know, they're always looking for the next greatest thing, the next way they can use uh, bleeding edge technology and they're always working to make yesterday's work obsolete and replace it um with something better and and that's why like you know in my mind imagineering is like just a really cool amazing um bunch of people who have to think both technically and artistically all the time um to just wow the public whether it's um all the of course the disney theme parks is what they're most famous for. But even back to baseball, I learned in this in this documentary series that the Imagineers are responsible for the waterfall rock sculpture in center field in Angel Stadium in Anaheim because Disney owned the Angels for a while. That's awesome. I, I thought that had always <laughs> been there since that park was built in the 60s, but no, that was added in the 80s by the Imagineers. <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts. I love documentaries. <laughs> Good note. Also, it, you don't have to be an Imagineer to implement things like this, right? I mean, this can be as this can be relatable to you and your job as well. But thinking outside the box, uh, not necessarily of what's going to make you more money, because if you're money focused first, that isn't client focused and that isn't helping people necessarily initially. So think of ways you. As a person, your products, your services serve the population that you're serving. Fix the problems. And if you are really good at articulating how you fix people's problems and why you are the best at fixing their problems, they'll come to you and then the money will follow. So really focusing on ways to make people's lives easier, perhaps, but ways to improve people's lives and ways to take the hurt away. You don't have to, you don't have to be a doctor to do that. Josh, for example, right? So I am not a doctor. He's not a doctor. He's a computer doctor. <laughs> if someone's computer is freaking out, they come to him, but they come to him. They're like, oh my God, my computer is dead. He does boop, 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 boop. That was computer speak and fixes their computer. You pretty much summed up my business perfectly. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> zero, one, zero, zero. <laughs> whether it be as easy as that or maybe like a day or two, but he's making a change in their lives for the better. So they're coming to him 
because he knows the product that he's working with and he's helping them. And they're going to continue to come because he's helping them. You know, it reminds me of a, a Zig Ziglar quote, um, which we talked about on the podcast before. I think Patrick brought him up originally on this podcast. But, um, you know, speaking of of don't think money first, think how you can help people first, because the money will follow if you're helping people. One of Zig Ziglar's famous quotes is, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. I love that. Right? It's simplistic and perfect. Like, help people get what they want. And you'll get what you want. So that's why we harp on focusing on client, customer first, right? Definitely. I think another huge point is to also engage with people who are older than you and people who are younger than you. And they don't necessarily have to be within your specific niche or your specific area of of business. So I find that younger generations, even though I'm a millennial and I'm considered pretty young, younger generations than me... in are completely different. So whatever the next generation is, the Gen Z, they are completely different than the way I think they're a lot more, they're a lot more into social media. They're a lot more into connecting virtually rather than connecting in person. But while that, while that not may be what I believe, that's going to be what that generation believes. So being able to reach out to them in and know how to reach out to them in that way is really important. So being able to surround and, yourself, go ahead. And they're already rolling their eyes at us and how old and ridiculous we are as millennials. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just a 10 year gap, but I think bridging that gap is going to be really key going forward, especially in growing businesses. So having influence from people who are younger, but then also having influence from older generations who don't use social media at all. Right. But still have that and maintain that, um, in-person connection so understanding, being able to understand both aspects of the generations older than you and the generations younger than you is extremely important in giving your business diversity and the ability to grow for the long term. Well said. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time for a recap. Number one, remember to eat well, exercise, and find a way to recharge. You are your business. Two, don't be afraid of the failures. Go for the most wins and amass the most losses. Three, look at failures as interesting so you can adapt, change, and grow. And that's our episode. We'll be back next week. Websites and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on the gram at unstuck.institute. And if you L-O-V-E our podcast, we would like it if you could help us out. Leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show a bunch. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about the great importance of testimonials. To achieve longevity, you'll have cycles. No one gets there in one straight shot. Rob Lowe. Bye.